Hello and welcome to the Silver King's War. I'm Michael Sievers, the writer, producer, and creator of this podcast series about my father's Second World War as a B-26 bombardier. Today we begin the Silver King's writing from the East Coast, where he has arrived at Columbia, South Carolina for advanced bomber training. He traveled across country and had some time off, had a wonderful trip with his buddies, and now he's getting ready for the next phase of his war. And that begins with a telegram that he sent to his family on January 30th, 1944. From Columbia, South Carolina at 9.38 p.m. on January 30th, 1944 to Mr. and Mrs. M. Silverfield at 3833 Nine Court South in Birmingham, Alabama. Arrived safely with time to spare, feeling fine. Letter follows. Stan. Stanley's mother, Sarah Bell, greeted the man from Western Union and signed for the telegram on January 31st, 1944, at around 12.30 in the afternoon. The Silver King has landed at the Columbia Army Air Base and is beginning to settle in. He wrote his first letter and sent it via airmail on Wednesday, February 3rd, 1944. But interestingly, he had the year wrong. He was still in 1943. Dearest ones, I hope you haven't worried because of not hearing from me. There just hasn't been time to write. Since arriving Sunday, all I've done is answer questions and sign papers, almost the identical procedure which I had to follow when leaving Carlsbad. Now, thank goodness, I'm settled for a while. We had a swell trip driving down, taking our time and enjoying the ride. We left Louisville about 9 a.m. Saturday, of course. We had planned to leave earlier, but neither of us could get up. It was a very scenic drive, only we couldn't make any good time. I've never seen such mountains. We were in them what seemed like the entire trip. It was up one side and down the other practically all the way. We arrived in Asheville about nine that night. Imagine 12 hours of traveling and still 150 miles away. As a grand total, we had covered over 600 miles, and I certainly had no idea it was that far. Anyhow, upon arriving in Asheville, we had dinner, and being very tired of riding so long, we started wandering around town to waste a few hours. It really was a nice little town, hardly any soldiers at all, which was very surprising to me. In our wanderings, we came upon the ball given in honor of the president's birthday. So we went in to listen to the music. The people were very nice to us, and before long, we had a couple of dates. 
two very nice young ladies who entertained us until about 3 a.m., at which time we left for Columbia. We arrived here at 8 a.m. and checked in at a hotel and slept a few hours. I didn't mind missing the sleep too much. In the afternoon, we signed in at the post and began standing in line, which I've been doing up until now. My first impression of the place was terrible, and I can't truthfully say it has changed yet. In my opinion, it ranks as the same as about Nashville, and that isn't saying anything for it. The living conditions are absolutely horrible. As an officer, I had thought things would be a little better. But damn it if they haven't gotten worse. The barracks are the same old GI ones. And every time I walked into the latrine, my stomach turned. It's undoubtedly the worst I've seen yet in the Army. Consequently, because of these bad features, I'm living in town. It's permissible since I'm an officer, and I can thank God for that. Schmidt and I have rented a bedroom in a very nice private home. We were fortunate to have found it, and I'm thrilled beyond words with it. We only have the one room with a bath, but that's the main thing I desired. An elderly couple and a daughter own the house and are very nice people. The house is located in no less than the best residential section in town. Believe me, it's some class to us. We are only paying $30 a month for it, which is cheap enough. Of course, I still have to pay for quarters on the base, which amounts to $47, but I'm willing to pay the extra 15 for the comfort of it. The address is on the envelope, so you can write me here. I'll be loafing now for a few days until classes start. We will have five days of classes, which will include chemical warfare and camouflage. After that, all we do is sit around waiting to be assigned to a squadron. That will take a month or less. In the meantime, there won't be anything to do, and that won't make me mad at all. I had a marvelous time in Chicago, as you can well imagine. It was surely hard to leave. Leona looks better than I've seen her in a long time, and I couldn't get over how much weight Lee had gained. They truly look wonderful. As for Richie, needless for me to rave over him. He's even more than you had told me. We got along beautifully together, and it broke my heart to say goodbye to him. I miss him terribly. He's absolutely adorable and smart with it. I couldn't believe my ears at some of the things he said. Someday I'm going to have half a dozen just like him. Please, when you write them, tell them as soon as I get the chance, I'll write. I met Sherry's wife and like her very much. She isn't a beautiful girl, but attractive and well-educated. They are awfully happy together, and I surely do everything with them. They have a small apartment, and we have loads of fun together. 
You might mail my shoes now, and you might also include the white suspenders of mine that are in the top drawer. I'm beginning to feel more like a civilian every day. I surely hope you're well and taking care of yourselves. I hardly need to tell you how marvelous it was being home. You both were so wonderful to me, and I want you to know I appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. I couldn't have asked for anything more than if I could have remained there. Let's hope that day isn't too far off. Please write as soon and as often as you can, and keep well, and don't be too lonesome. Love to Ida. I love you and miss you, Stan. My address is 116 Harden Street, Columbia, South Carolina. As Stanley settles into his new routine, his letters begin to reflect a change of pace in his life, and he's contrasting what's going on and the slowness of the days. As he writes on Sunday, February 6, 1944, Dearest ones, I've been here a week now. The time really passes slow when there isn't anything to do. Other than the gas mass drill, I've been free to do as I please. It's really nothing more than a vacation. I'm only required to sign in at the base at 8.30 in the morning, and if there isn't anything scheduled, I'm free to go to town and do whatever I like. It's a picnic. However, I'm expecting classes to start any day. Columbia isn't a bad little town. There isn't much to do but still a lot more than there was in Carlsbad. There's always the movies, and the Elks Club has a dance hall and a bar for officers only, which isn't so bad. The only trouble is that it's so crowded. Besides our base, there is Fort Jackson, and the town is overrun with soldiers. It's almost impossible to walk down the street on Saturday night, Last night, I saluted until I thought my arm would drop off. As yet, I haven't met any girls. Believe it or not, I haven't made any attempt to, though there are plenty of them here, and the opportunities are plentiful. But for some reason, I don't care anything about it. I guess maybe I'm tired of jumping from one to another. I don't mind telling you I'm sorry I didn't get married. I'm with Sherry and his wife quite a bit, and each time I envy them more and more. I can't seem to make myself believe I did right by not marrying. So many are doing it, and they all seem so happy. I'm hoping that once I'm assigned and start flying again, I'll be too busy to give it much thought, but right now I've got too much time to think. The weather is still beautiful here. Today was just like spring. If it will only last, it would be swell. There isn't any other news. I'm afraid my letters won't be very interesting until I start flying. Just to let you know, I'm feeling fine and thinking about you. Keep well, and don't be too lonesome. Love to Ida. 
I love you and miss you, Stan. The Silver King, as we know, has been an extraordinary war correspondent. Throughout his training, he's been faithful to his family, telling them stories and keeping them posted on what's happening. And throughout his time at Columbia Army Air Base, he will write perhaps two or three letters a week. And that will depend on the pace of his work as he writes on Monday, February 7, 1944. Dearest ones, just as I was leaving the house this morning, your special arrived. Needless to tell you how grand it was hearing from you. It was the perfect way to start the day. The mail service seems to be very good from here and there, so there won't be too much of a delay in our letters. I only hope you keep them coming fast and often. I forgot to give you the zone number for my address. It's 61. Don't forget to put it in. It's well that Aunt Rose was able to stop over for a few days. I'm very sorry I missed seeing them. Yes, I did see the kids. They had grown so much I hardly recognized them. Lynn is certainly a beautiful child. She was just beginning to walk. The Baileys did themselves proud on that one. Now I think they have the perfect family. As for me, though, I'm going to have six children. There was nothing doing again today. I'm still sitting around doing nothing. It's marvelous. Sherry had a scare today, which kept me busy for a while. A number of the guys are shipping out tomorrow for Greenville to be assigned, and Sherry was included in these. Of course, he didn't want to go, as they had just moved into the apartment and were settled in. To move now would mean he would have to go through the same thing all over again. All day we chased around the post, seeing a million officers, until at last we managed to have it changed. It was a relief for all of us. They have a very swell apartment, and it's cute, and they are so happy with it. I get a big kick out of going shopping with them for dishes, etc. And the best part of all is that they live only eight blocks from here. If I was married, we could really have a swell time together. No, I still haven't met Mike's wife. In fact, I haven't seen Mike but a few times since being here. Everybody is busy getting settled, and I guess he's busy looking for an apartment. They surely are scarce. It's too bad I missed seeing Jack. If you run into him, give him my address. There isn't any more news. If Aunt Rose is still there, please give her my love and ask her to write me. Keep well and write often. Love to Ida. I love you and miss you, Stan. Stanley was very fond of his aunts and uncles, and he certainly wanted to stay in touch throughout his war. He wrote to his folks on Tuesday, February 8, 1944. Dearest ones, I thought surely I'd hear from you today, but I guess you're busy with dates. I'm sure with Aunt Rose there, everybody is entertaining, and if Aunt Lena came in, Dad must not be getting any sleep at all. 
he must have his hands full with you and the lipsies. There's nothing new since yesterday. I'm still loafing. However, there is some sort of lecture tomorrow afternoon, which should be very boring. Then Friday and Saturday nights, I will have to go to the altitude chamber. That's typical of the Army. I do nothing all day, so I can go to class at night. It's easy to see why it's taking so long to win this war. Now, when I become general, things will be different. Last night, I saw for whom the bell tolls. Frankly, I was very disappointed in it. The acting of all except Cooper was superb. I think he gave a very poor performance in comparison to his preceding ones. As for the story, it seemed too long and drawn out. There was no punch to it at all. Maybe I should have read the book. I might have enjoyed it more. The weather finally broke today. I knew it was too pretty to last. It has been raining all day, and if it doesn't turn cold, I won't know why. It surely is good sleeping weather, though. And speaking of sleep, it's time I close and hit the sack. I do hope there is a letter from you tomorrow. I feel swell, only miss you terribly. Hope you're well and taking care of yourselves. My love to Ida. I love you and miss you, Stan. Our hero, the Silver King, is feeling lonely and a little bit out of sorts as he writes on Sunday, February 13, 1944. Dearest ones, I haven't written the past few days because there really was nothing to write. My shoes and robe did arrive Thursday, and thanks for sending them. But I'm surprised at you for sending the red robe. I surely hoped you would have known it was the terry cloth one which I wanted. The one you sent me is four years old and is so small that it won't even reach around me. It isn't any use to me at all, so I'm returning it along with my electric razor. Uncle Dave promised to have the razor repaired, so please give it to him for me. And this time, when you send the robe, please enclose my white suspenders. I guess you forgot to do it. There isn't anything new other than another trip in the altitude chamber. It wasn't so bad this time. We only went as high as we could before having to use oxygen. There were ten of us, and the last man went only to 24,000 feet. I used oxygen at 22,000 as I could feel myself blacking out, and I didn't want them to have to carry me out. The name of the field is the Columbia Army Air Base. It's about eight miles from town. It usually takes us about an hour from the time we get up to get there, and that's including the time to eat breakfast. We're supposed to be there by 8.30 every morning, but if we have nothing scheduled, we can be there any time. We're only responsible to be at our classes on time. If there are no classes, we are free to leave any time we wish. Sunday is the same as 
any other day in the week. About every other day we go bowling or to a movie. It's a soft life. I'll hate to give it up. I had intended to have a picture taken this last week, but the weather wouldn't permit. It rained almost every day and was much too sloppy to be out in. It has finally stopped raining, but has turned terribly cold. I guess it was far below freezing this morning. I'll try to have the picture taken this week. I'm fine, but lonesome. I do hope there will be a letter from you tomorrow. Oh, about my income tax. I don't know the first thing about it. However, I'm sure I don't owe anything. If I'm not mistaken, a serviceman must make at least $1,500 in order to file a return, and I didn't come close to that. Just to make sure, though, check with Mr. Silberman. If anything has to be done, have him fill out the papers and send them to me. I hope you're well and not too lonesome. Write soon. Love to you, Ida. I love you and miss you, Stan. We have reached the end of Columbia Letters Part 1. As our hero, the Silver King, begins to settle into a routine for advanced training on his war, he will fly some big planes as he prepares for what's ahead. And you are listening to The Silver King's War.